Jesus, that scared the hell out of me. Folks, yes, we're going to be... Uh, you're welcome to a new episode of a new show within a show. You are listening to Tavern Chat, but it isn't Tavern Chat. Well, it is, but it isn't. It was going to be talking shit with uh, Eric and Mike, but now it's talking crit, where we talk shit uh, with Eric and Mike. Yes, yes do the, the genius of uh, Carl Heil, our buddy, who said this... This fact this isn't called talking crit as a crime. Eric and I both looked at each other metaphorically over the internet and said, You are correct. This needs to be called talking crit. This is that's too good a name. So now we are talking crit where we talk shit. So we, we briefly discussed some uh, ideas to talk about before we uh, activated our Craig bot for the recording, Mike. Uh, which one do you want to touch on first? Um, well, uh, first of all, uh, did we did we decide that it is going to be talking cr- shit on talking crit or no? No, it's going to talk- be uh, Eric and Mike or Mike and Eric, whichever we wanted to. Uh, you know, Eric and Mike talking crit, and then the sub, and, th- and that's what it's going to be. Like, you know, I guess we don't get like censored too. Um, and then we'll be, you know, it's basically us talking shit on. Talking crit. So we're going to be talking. So what we'll do is every week is this. This came came about because Eric and I will get on Discord and talk for like two hours about nothing. And the whoa, whoa, whoa! We just talked two hours. We could have had a show about that. That's ridiculous. Why are we why are we wasting valuable brain cells doing this when we could have a show? And right, so we, we can't call it Seinfeld. It's the other show that was talking, talking about nothing. Yeah. Right. So. But what we'll do is uh, we'll discuss uh, events in the OSR and just our take on them, and it's just going to be really laid back and just. You know, we won't get too too controversial, I don't think, but we could. I mean, we we oh, will so, we'll speak our mind. <laughs> That's a scary thought, ain't it? We're not fully bought and paid for yet. Not when we are fully bought and paid for, then we will talk about you know bunnies and rabbits and things like that. But until then, or ooh, or, or bunnies and burrows, we could talk about ooh, that bunny. too. Yeah, we could. That that, that would fit yeah. in. Yeah. So, all right. So uh, again, I'm I'm tossing the ball in your direction, Mike. Which of our which of our which door do we want to open up first? Which rabbit hole? Well, I'll t- I'll tell you what. The one thing we talked about the last two days on the Frog God chat and on your chat was the fact that uh, Watsi seems to uh, uh, be putting a little teeth in there, um, uh, protecting their trademarks. Yeah, and, uh, and if you don't know what we're talking about, Fail Squad Games had a Kickstarter up, which uh, directly referenced the. Frank Metzner Red Box from 1983, and basically builds upon not necessarily an adventure within, but an, but a theoretical adventure that's spoken with, it gets spoken of within. It doesn't really didn't really exist, except for a throwaway paragraph or two in the GM section of the uh, basic set. But but it was copyrighted material, and it yes, and th- th- this was a. This was a clear breach of uh, of what Watsi has let people get away with for years, which is which is obliquely reference referencing D and D icons, but not exactly referencing them. Right, and this whole uh, Borgle Bargle and how his name may have mis- been misspelled for the last thirty years, um, I, I or thirty five years, I guess. Uh, I I think personally. Well, even Lloyd will say he kind of knew he might have been poking the bear on this one. 
Yeah, I think our our main the main concern of people that we were that were listening to us is that is this going to uh, be a broad? I mean, is this is this the first broadside in in something Hasbro slash Watsy's going to do to people in the OSR? And and our I think our dis, our topic of discussion and our um, our findings were that no, you just can't get ridiculous. They've been pretty consistent in the past about what they will and won't allow. Which is true. However, my concern is this. Uh, Lloyd also happened to point out to them that, that 270 or so some odd Kickstarter projects directly reference D&D, which is a no-no if you're using the OGL, uh, in their advertising, in their title, in their subtitle, in their elevator pitch on the page. So, you know, he kind of you know, said, well, yeah, looking at me, but look at everybody else. And uh, I think that's dangerous. Yeah, I mean, to, to a point, so so the little history on this, so that there's been shutdowns before um, several years ago, uh, a module Insidious was 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 uh, uh, written, and it was actually, it has a nice, easily cover if you find it, that it's still in print. However, the first edition said across, or the first print said across the cover, first edition Dungeons and Dragons. Or, or a, first edition ADD, which which was clearly not allowed. They, they tried and it. it they took a shot. Elders, somebody's at the door. I'm not worried. Well, about I guess it. I guess your dog is feeling better now. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. She's she's no longer puking. She's just barking. But uh, I I think part of the issue there too was the trade dress. Yeah, the trade dress also, and the fact that they said first edition. Um, they A D and D, and so that they, they they give them a, they gave them a cease and desist, and you know that that was clearly over the line, and and up, I mean I can't I can't think of since then a lot of um people who have been giving C and Ds or at least publicly, um you have to really cross that line of use, using what they consider copyrighted material. I mean if you yeah if you put a mind flayer in your module you're going to get one, you know, or if oh. or if you or you mention if you mention you know a lot of the cleric you're going to get one. Well, actually, not necessarily. Well, maybe not. But I'm just saying is that that that's close enough to where they're they're not gonna uh, they're not gonna allow right. you to, to run with that. And and I think the part of the issue here too is that you know, listen, if this was something that somebody was was putting out in a design, uh, it was low key, fine. But uh, I, I'm still entertained by Lloyd saying that. Well, when he advertised it, he may have uh, uh, inadvertently. Use Dungeons and Dragons uh, to, as the actual in the actual advertising for this. It was kind of like, uh, "Hey, um, you know, you want let's go fishing, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be my own bait." You know, it was. Well, I mean, look 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 who we're talking about today. We're talking about Lloyd and uh, Fell Squad Games. So you know, if you wanted to if you wanted to uh, you know punch up his his uh, name, he sure did. I mean, it worked. Yeah, I mean, listen, Phil Squad, Lloyd does uh, some great uh, projects on Kickstarter. He has some, some excellent releases. His art is amazing. And he's that rarity. He's a strong artist, and he's a strong storyteller. So he's somebody who has, when he writes an adventure, he has the vision from, from, from both sides, which is yeah, a real know, pleasure to see. And he'll also tell you too that he that he learned he's still learning. So I always like that. I don't like people that roll in there and say, "Hey, I, I figured it all out. Here it is, boom." He, Lloyd will tell you, you know, he's still learning art. He's still learning how to write. 
yeah, but he's 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 good and he's solid. I just, you know, I I, I worry, you know, when so I, I mentioned this and somebody said, well, you know, I, I said there was a, there's like a gray area and somebody said, oh, there's no gray area. It's black and white. Well, yeah, there is a gray area because Wizards of the Coast has allowed a gray area to exist, but they don't have to. You know, and and something like this drawing drawing attention to what has historically been a gray area, and going from the gray to the black, uh, you, you know, that gray area might suddenly shrink. Well, the, the, I, they, they've had an unspoken deal with um, OSR and you know indie publishers for a while. You know, just don't cross this line. You're okay. You can kind of scoot your foot over like a little right. fee. You know, you can. You know, it's like the subway. You you can. You know, they get that line there. You don't want to walk too far over. You're going to fall and get run over. But, you know, you can kind of scoot your foot here and there and jostle a little bit. You can you can get right on the edge. Um, uh, uh, something that now just related to something I did last year, we published a module for NTRPG Con called Caves of the Unknown, um, which was B, B2.5, which is a sequel to um, Keep on the Borderlands. However, one thing we did not do was mention Keep on the Borderlands. We did not mention B2. We did not mention any any proper names that came from that module. We did not mention World of Greyhawk. We did not mention anything, but but it was understood with with the nomenclature of B two point five and the fact it was called Caves the Unknown, which is on the map of the B B two Keep on the Borderlands. That we right. that that's what we're referring to, but we didn't stick it in your face. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and, and I did that purposely. I I don't want to poke the bear, you know, for something no. like that. No, poking poke the bear for, for uh, no reason. Now, again, I I think that the poking of the bear in this case, uh, if if Wizards of the Coast didn't respond, Lloyd would have had uh, a well-supported adventure out uh, because it was getting views because of what it was linked to, and with the uh, takedown on Kickstarter. Which, by the way, when you read the uh, the legal uh, wording of what was submitted by Wizards of the Coast, this was an advanced Dungeons and Dragons basic box set adventure. I was like, uh... but uh, mm. yeah, yeah. Well, well, well you guess... know, don't you think that has something to do with it too? That it was offered on Kickstarter. I mean, yeah, maybe no. if Lloyd had offered it privately, or just some somebody somebody named Joe Blow had published it for a convention they probably wouldn't have cared but it, yeah that they have to really be protective of stuff on kickstarter because that kickstarter is is a when you put something on kickstarter and, and you, you and i have both dealt with you know charlatans like you know witless and stuff you you have to that that's your product out there and and i know um a lot of people feel bad for jolly jolly blackburn because um his his nights at the dinner table was you know, spoiled by having Witless do a terrible Kickstarter of it. And, you know, even though Jolly had nothing to do with that and how it turned out, you know, he's still damned by association. Well, the same with Wizards right. of the Coast. They can't allow things out there, you know, that, that they don't know that Lloyd doesn't have a, a basement in there with, you know, with, with you know, rabbit porn or something. I mean, they don't know. Or whatever, whatever wait, 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 wait. Rabbit, <laughs> rabbit porn? Wait, is this how we're going right. to segue into Bunnies and Burrows? Yeah, this is going to be a Bunnies and Burrows segue. So see how expertly I set that up? But, you know, they don't, they don't know what's in Lloyd's module. They, they can't, you know, have him mentioning D&D &D and then, oh, by the way, you had, you know, you had rabbit porn in the, what do you think about rabbit porn? Oh, we didn't know there was rabbit porn there. So, no, they, they have to be protective of their name. 
But yeah, and not only that, not protect me. They have to protect their own IP. You know, if you don't protect your 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 work, you you can lose it. And I'll just I'll tell you that this is having an effect because I've seen a lot of Facebook posts about, hey, I was thinking about doing blank, and now I, I'm not I'm not I'm worried about it. And I actually had somebody that uh, I won't say the name, but they contacted me and said, look, I'm writing something. I have this, this, and this in there, and they were actually locations taken from uh, basic D and D. And I said, you know what? I wouldn't put those in there. I, I would yeah. change the name of those, you know, because the, the, they wanted to base their adventure in the. Um, uh, uh, World of Mistara, and they used three proper names. I said, you know, my personal opinion, I'm not a lawyer or anything, but I would change the names. I, I don't, at this point, I, I think that they're looking for people, and and yes, you're, you're using proper names. You can't do that. Well, yeah, and the bear is definitely a, a, awakened at this point. I, and it's funny when you mentioned somebody using Mistara uh, years ago. Uh, I don't know, I don't remember how long. It's, got, it, it, it's before I retired, so it's like four or five years ago. There was a, a writer, she was writing this world that she claimed that it was all her own. It was all her own IP. Oh, and, I remember that. And you remember this one, right? In every yes, location. No, I yes, I remember that. Oh, and she's like, oh, well, I thought I thought of this myself. You couldn't think you thought of it yourself when every name is an exact replication of another, you know, of which is of the coast. And, and, and of course, and there were people like, well, you know, it's no big deal. It's fan fiction. It's like, no, she's publishing it on Amazon. Oh, I, I remember all the excuses for that. Yeah, they, well, she's from Australia. They don't have the same laws there, and she could, you know, it's it's fanfic. You know, yeah, you still have to, you still have to maintain a, ba you know, a, a basic uh, separation from the subject. You can't, you can't, say, you know, I, I mean, you can write, I mean, you can write fanfic all you want. You just can't publish it on Amazon. You know, right. Once you publish it on Amazon, now it's a commercial work, and commercial work has a, has uh, a, a different level of oh shit when you hit that when you start doing crap like that. Yeah. So I mean, it's an interesting little brouhaha. It's 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 yeah. But I don't I don't know if there's any wider implications. I, I think OSR is just fine. I, I don't you know I, I don't see anything. I just people just need to be careful, you know, because. I mean, it's just things you can't do. And usually if that little voice in your head tells you that, you know, this might be a little too much, it probably is. Yeah. If the thought in your head is, you know what, this might be crossing the line. And then you still do it. Yeah. The thought in your head is, you know, more maybe I shouldn't call this guy Morden Canaan. You know, that's probably, probably a good, uh, good idea not to do it. Yeah. Because, you know, you know, why get to that point? And, and if you look at it, you know, when you look at the, the the OGL and therefore the SRD, when you see the spells that were named, Tensor's floating dish uh, disc is now just what floating disc, right? It doesn't. It, all those proper names were dropped, and they, they were very clear about that that you can't can no longer use those uh, the names that they have. Uh you know, that they control. So, but, I, but people that hasn't stopped anybody from having spells called floating disc or having, you no, know, you can, instead of big B's clenching fist, you have clenching fist. I mean, that's, you know, that, that's, that's just very cosmetic, but, but they've been very clear that you cannot use those names. Yeah. So again, to me, this, this was a pointless poking of the bear because you don't want the bear to wake up. Let the yeah, bear but, sleep. But, but but we're talking about Lloyd right now, so <laughs> I, if that's what he if that's what he wanted to do, he worked. You know now yeah, that, that, that translates into sales. I have no clue. So 
That is true. And, and uh, like I said, I think that was, there was certainly that first day, I was only this week, what was it, Monday? When I, when I yeah, hopped up on it. Monday, um, I know my initial reaction was, whoa, this is, this is bullshit. Uh, what the hell? And then, then I started reading further and even reading Lloyd for the comments. And I went, oh, Lloyd actually knew what he was, he was in for. And you know what sucks is that 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 I, Lloyd should have done this during GaryCon because then we would all had something to talk about and go nuts about at GaryCon, and we could have got everybody's opinion on it, and that would have been awesome. But no, Lloyd had to wait till after GaryCon. Damn it! Yeah, and, and actually, here's the other thing too: it was funding very well, you know, for for Lloyd. Not, we're not we're not talking hundreds of thousands of dollars, but it was it managed to go very quickly, and it was funding well, and. You know, if this was one of those Kickstarters that wasn't going to fund, uh, I, I don't think that you would have heard anything from Wizards. It, w w why waste the uh, your, your paralegal's time, you know, to pull a project that isn't even going to make it to market? But uh, well, you know, funded. well, and interestingly enough, we were we were both at GaryCon, and I don't think anybody really talked. I mean. I can't remember how long ago this project opened, but it was during GaryCon, and I I don't remember. Anybody really mentioning? Uh, oh, you know, boy, Lloyd's really, really uh, doing something crazy here. No, no, I, I didn't see that either. So, I don't know. Interesting times. Speaking speaking of GaryCon, any you got any? Um, we just both got back from GaryCon. It's been a week. You got any impressions or any thoughts about that since we've been been sitting at home for a week now? Yes, uh, I think that uh, the Anger Brigade should do another boycott of GaryCon next year. Since it's yeah. our 30% increase this year in attendance, uh, another 30%, we might have to find a new venue. Please, yeah, please boycott NTB, NTRTB, NTRPG con. Please boycott <laughs> it because we would love a 30% increase. So, yeah, that the boycott, whatever that was, was just that was that was a joke. That I talked to Luke and that, that had zero effect on anything. So, um, yes, keep boycotting conventions, please. Please, please do. Well, I mean, and a joke before I got there, somebody's like, "Oh, do you do you expect you know a, a picket line outside the you know outside of the Grand Geneva?" Yeah, and, like, well, and, yeah, nine degree weather that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, and nine. I, I was like, I was hoping, I was hoping to see like two or three angry people out there. You know, can we come in to use the bathroom? No, you pick it in the place. You nobody, know? nobody is traveling to Godforsaken Lake Geneva to do anything. It was all internet bravado. Go crazy! No, nobody was actually going to go to any of these places and do anything because it's it's in there's not close to an airport. Nobody lives around there. I mean, it's a, it's you know my whole thing is look if you want to have wrong bad fun, go have wrong bad fun. I'm not going to bother you about it, you know. So if I want to have wrong bad fun, let me have wrong bad fun. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. mean, just don't you know just just do your own thing. Do your own thing, and I'll do my own thing, and we'll be we'll we'll play. You know, I'll, I'll use ascending armor class. You use descending, and we won't bother each other. Well, what I find the most amusing is that the uh, the the individuals calling for the the, uh, the boycott have been very quiet after that boycott was a total failure. <laughs> it's there's not like nothing, well, nothing. Yeah, there's nothing. There's not. There's crickets. Crickets everywhere. Because that was it was it, that was all an attempt to show influence and power, and what it really showed was the lack of influence and power. Well, you know, part of the and part of the issue is you you and I went to GaryCon, 
would you consider that a pretty diverse uh, audience there? I, I, I did. I consider it. I, I certainly did. Every, uh, every game I, I ran had at least two women at the table. Um, I, I ran three sessions. Um, I, I mean, I, I met, uh, if you look at the customer base, like when I, when I was working the table, I, I would say at GaryCon, anywhere between 30 and 40% of your congoers were women. A lot of this was families, it was couples, it was kids. Well, it's not just women, too. I mean, you know, Wisconsin's the whitest place on earth. It's like 17% oh, minority. God, yeah. And there were ton, tons of POC there. I mean, it, you know, I mean, not, well, not tons, but there, there were definitely, you know, I, I definitely saw enough of them to say, well, that's, that's pretty cool that they're, you know, there's that many people of color here because this you know, this is a white Wisconsin's white man it is it's it's really really yeah. white yeah. you know I mean I mean for example I mean Texas is 51 percent uh, we're, we're a minority majority state and I think I want to say Wisconsin's 17 percent so from for me you know it was it was it's noticeable when I go there how white it is because I you know I'm surrounded by you know POC everywhere I mean my, you know my neighbors right. I, I have African neighbors I have Indian neighbors I have you know. But, but for there, I mean, for for a convention there in Lake Geneva, it was it was pretty uh, pretty diverse. I, I was actually really surprised because yeah, you actually you actually have to travel. You, you have to travel, yes. you know. Well, not just travel. You have to travel from the airport to get there. It's not like uh, okay, you're going okay. to Game Hall where you hop on the uh, hotel shuttle or you 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 take a, a cab ride for ten minutes. And it's and it's not like uh, going to North Texas, where again, hotel shuttle or cab ride closer to twenty minutes, um, fifteen to twenty. Instead, you've got an hour drive. Yeah, and and, and you know, I, I went to SnowCon in Maine in January, and it was colder here. It was colder in Lake Geneva in in uh, March than it was in Maine in January. So you got to really want to go to go. It's it's not a it's not an easy trip. Like you said, you have to fly to Milwaukee, and then then you got a long drive ahead of you. Most conventions are much more convenient than that. But that just shows um, how popular it is that that this many people showed up to a place that sells out. What this year what sold out? What in five hours? Two hours? Oh, the uh, rooms. Yeah, they're yeah they they sold out within a couple they, hours. They, they 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 sold out within a couple of hours. It was five hours or less. I mean. And, so, and I think that was including the uh, the attached water park too. Yep, that, that was the whole property. If you, if you want to go to GaryCon next year, you're looking to stay somewhere in the city and have to, which okay. is not bad. I mean, it's very close. Everything is really close. You you could probably take a shuttle there, or if you rented a car, you could easily get there. But but yeah, it just it just shows you how amazing that this convention and pretty much in the middle of nowhere um, f- fills up that quickly and has that many people there that. That they are, um, they're at capacity right now. Yeah, and, and actually, what I uh, the suggestion I saw from somebody was get a room in town and in, in Lake Geneva, you know, secure it now, but then start calling the hotel in February and get on the standby list. And that, that's a, you know that that's a secret of Congors because people always cancel. The, the and the thing is the way what they have. Uh, reservations now you can cancel up to like a week before so just keep in there and just keep going and people cancel all during the year because things come up they don't have enough money and uh, there's usually a lot of cancellations right before the convention because that's when people have to cancel or their credit card gets charged so that there's there's still a chance you can get a room there i know this year um 
a couple of people have posted on Facebook about two weeks before that they wanted to get rid of their room. And if somebody wanted their room, they were going to switch the reservation to them. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's always an option. It's not a bad option either. But, but I mean, it was, uh, I talked to Luke uh, after the con, he said that, that they do have a cutoff point. He didn't tell me the point. I'm, I'm going to throw this out there and guess it's, it's, it's 3000. I, I, Cause I think they had 2,800 this year. It's either 3000 mm. or 3,500. I, I think they surpassed. I thought they surpassed. With no, 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 no. I, no, I talked to Luke. No, he said. I thought. I think he told me twenty-eight. Um, but they're, they're right on that edge of three thousand. I don't think he wants to get a lot bigger than that because I, I don't think the venue can hold a lot more than that. So, so I'm, I'm thinking that they're cut off three to thirty-five hundred, right in that range. Yeah, and because yeah, you go beyond that, you'd have to go to Milwaukee. Yeah, and, he, and and Luke uh, made it clear to me they're not going to Milwaukee, or at least any any time within the, you know, maybe in the far future, but not anywhere in the near future. That they they want to keep it there. The whole point of GaryCon is that it's a celebration of Gary Gygax and his life, and it's just so cool being in that city and being able to drive by the Horticultural Hall when they've had the first Gen Con, to Gary's house, to the uh, Gary the memorial in the park. Uh, to the old TSR headquarters. I mean, that, that that's part of the whole deal is seeing all that stuff. Hmm. And if you're yeah. in Milwaukee, you can't. You know, you're not, you're you're not gonna. I mean, you have to take a take a giant trip to see that stuff because that's not close. Not close to Milwaukee. True. No. True. Uh, although the advantage is you don't have to take an Uber or rent a car to get out there. Uh, true. You know, you're, yeah. Because you're, you're driving from Texas anyway, so you're you're driving no matter what. Yeah, I'm an idiot though. Yeah, but we love you anyway. I know. Well, I mean, that's a two-day. That's a two-day drive. Although, I, I know, I know my buddy Ben Burns made it in one day, and he's insane. But and, and Doug last year, he drove up there for a game with a uh, with a uh, Jim Ward, and took a bunch of people with him, and they did it in one day. And that's just that's nuts because it's like fifteen. It's a fifteen-hour drive. That's crazy. Yeah, no, that's. We we break it up every year. Uh, Zach and I go up there, and uh, we. Uh, although Zach has told me that we may be flying next year. Because of the way that TotalCon, uh, because GaryCon is going to be so late next year, and um, GaryCon is actually at the end of March next year, I believe. Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest with you. That change of uh, of date dates for uh, GaryCon. Rach and I this year we're like, I don't know if we're going to be able to do TotalCon and GaryCon next year because they're having, you know, having it on just one weekend in between the cons. It's it's rough when you got pets. You have to have watch for an extended period of oh, time. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. You know, it's a lot to ask for people. Oh, well, over the next, uh, you know, two and a half weeks, we need you for, you know, nearly two of them. Um, so yeah. we were like, well, you know, if we had, and I asked Rach, because, listen, to be honest, who makes the decisions in the end? Rach, you know, I was like, what will we do? And she's yeah, like, well, as that. much as I, she's like, I love Gary Khan, but she gets to do spa time and all that stuff, and I love the atmosphere. She goes, but, TotalCon we can drive to, and she goes, if it came down to that, I'd say we'd probably have to choose TotalCon. And then they announced the new dates for GaryCon, and she's like, we're doing both next year. I'm like, woohoo. Well, I, I think I'm going to hit I'm going to hit TotalCon this next year, because y'all had such a great time this year. Oh, we, awesome. But, 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 it's, but what we might do is just travel from TotalCon to GaryCon, because just, you know, it's going to be pretty much ba almost back-to-back. -back. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. We'll just have to see what the future holds, but our, our well, convention is crazy. It's not back to back though. It's got four weeks in between next year. Whoa, whoa, whoa. it does. Oh, that yeah, case, no. Wait, are you no, sure? That, that case yeah, yeah, we're home free then. 
you you got you got four weeks four weeks between or five. TotalCon is uh, second to last weekend, I think, in February. It could be the last one. And uh, Gary's at the end. I all I know is that when we saw it was at least four weeks between the two, we knew we were doing both. Yeah, it says GaryCon is March 26th to 29th, so that's that's even like next week. That's that's way past what it was. So yes. Total, uh, if TotalCon's earlier, then we don't have a problem. Yeah. There's, there's no problem yeah, at all. The TotalCon is, is is in February, so you know you have a month. Uh, I think I forget the exact days for uh, TotalCon. Yeah, next year. my Google foo is uh, failing me. Maybe one of our awesome listeners will will can post what the when TotalCon is. But yeah, if it's a month, then we're then we're going. Now, now let me. You went to TotalCon and GaryCon. Can you? Uh, what were the um, the impressions of both of them compared? I mean, uh, TotalCon is certainly more board gamer you know atmosphere i uh, rachel put it uh this way uh total con was probably damn close to 50 percent male sorry female attendance maybe like 40 45 percent you really there were there were there were alternative lifestyles there because you're, you're, you're picking people up from like boston and new york city uh people of color it, but the atmosphere was so relaxed and friendly. You did not. I love GaryCon, but there's a certain energy at GaryCon that everybody's like moving. Like you're going through the hallways and you're like ducking people sometimes to get out of the doors in the vending room. Um, and uh, TotalCon was just so relaxed, and it, you, you didn't you didn't have that. It was it was it was a pleasure. I'll, I'll well I'll be there next year, so I'll get to. Experience there you go. So firsthand, February February twenty first to twenty fourth. Thank. Oh, that's awesome. Thank yeah, you, thank, Monkey Bloods. That thanks for our awesome listeners there to let us know. But yeah, that's so that's that's great. I'll, I will definitely be there. I I I just kept seeing pictures on Facebook of TotalCon, and it was all kinds of people that I am already friends with and already like. So I was like, man, I that looks like they're having the best time, and I I felt bad about not going at that point. Well, yeah, and Stefan Picorni took an Uber up from uh, Brooklyn. Oh my. I took an Uber. It was great. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, are you recording this? Probably they charged me five thousand dollars. <laughs> uh, oh, I love Stefan, man. He's he's Stefan's a he's he's a character in a trip. And if you go to a convention with him there, you are doing yourself a disservice. You don't sit down and talk to him for a while because he's an amazing dude. Yeah, and he will be at North Texas too, and he'll he'll have his own boardroom we always give him his own little room so he can do his own little creations and and he always has a party at night where he plays his uh black sabbath heavy metal music as loud as it can go like he did at gary con but instead of gary con it's in the uh lobby uh where you can't get away from it <laughs> so that's why we had yeah. we gave him his own private room at north texas so he doesn't have to uh uh rock the whole hotel well at game hall they gave him the uh what do you what do you what do you call that? The office room, yeah. the glass office where you can print out your airline boarding pass. Well, well, he well you know he he bought the lobby for Saturday night or was it Friday or Saturday? He bought he it. Bought the, yes, really? he, he paid Luke for it to have to be able to go there and get his speaker cranked up and play Black Sabbath. And so he would you know so if anybody complained about it, it was like look Stefan has the room. I mean, he bought the room. That is amazing. That's kind of genius on Luke's part too. I mean, you could just like, oh yeah. I mean, I have to look into that, like selling our lobby. Like, okay, who wants to buy the lobby? 
and then just say, okay, well, we, okay, that's a thousand dollars. Thanks. You have the lobby tonight. Only problem is, I think at the uh, North Texas Hotel, the lobby A isn't that big, and you, you're 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 getting actual like other people besides congoers in the lobby. Yeah, I'm we do not. Air, no, I, we don't fill up the hotel airline yet. Pilots, no, we have airline pilots, and it's actually one of the official hotels for. Uh, I don't think it's it's American Airlines for the flight attendants and pilots. So yes, you. I, I don't think they want to be woke up with uh, ACDC at two in the morning. And Stefan Borconi dancing in a you know his gimme cap. Yeah, we're playing. Uh, come on, dance with us. <laughs> dance with us. Oh, but I, you know what? I bet you. You know what? If they came down, they'd have a great time with Stefan. Oh my God, I'm sure they would. But I just don't know if they, if if they're the right mindset to handle such. Yeah, that's probably good. Yeah, you know what? That's that's a that's a bad idea. Let's let's scratch that. Yeah, Steph, Steph, Steph hey. is a, is a, he's a pisser, as they were saying in New England. <laughs> he, has his own, uh, he has his own boardroom in North Texas, and he gets to do whatever he wants there. So, and somebody once said, well, well, he has a boardroom there. What about the people on the other rooms? Well, we make sure, actually, that's set in the contract that's only sold to people who go to the con. So if you go to the con, you're on the 14th floor. You may be woken up at 3 in the morning with you know Stephen Porcarni singing along to Black Sabbath. As long as it's only Stefan. Yeah, there's a, yeah, but you know, if people well, I I think this year Jeff Telanian joined him, so that's that's you know, that's rough. I, I did not realize Jeff Telanian's uh, heavy metal background until he told me. I was I guess I should have been surprised because I can see that dude, you know, dressed all heavy metal back in the you know nineties or whatever. But oh um, yeah, dude, I could I could have seen him as a skinhead. I mean Well he told us a story. Apparently he the only things he cared about in high school were um uh, fast cars, heavy metal, and uh and uh, Michael Moorcock. That's what like his three things. And then I start thinking like, yeah, I can actually see that now that I'm that I'm looking at you. Yeah, I, I could have seen him uh stave diving like you know I, I, actually heavy metal thrash is what I could see. You know, stave diving, anthrax. And he's got that uh, really he's got that really thick back set and he's like going on and on about Elric. You know, Elric, man, Black Blade's awesome, man. Oh my <laughs> god, that's so cool. You know, jamming to set, you know, Black Sabbath. And so I, I was like, gosh, I can actually see that now. Damn. No, that's good stuff, man. It's amazing. It's amazing how heavy metal music in our hobby, because I'm not really a big heavy metal guy at all. Um, but it's amazing how the, the connection in our hobby between heavy metal music and D D. It's really, really interesting. It is because my gaming group when I was in high school and college were they were huge into heavy metal and I, I had some bands I liked I liked Iron Maiden you know I could get into uh, a, a few others but they were into stuff that was, was like yeah. maybe it has to do with kind of the, the kind of the the outlaw image of both of them kind of the outcast outlaw you know because back when I went to high school heavy metal guys were kind of the the long haired scary dudes they, you know you didn't want to yeah, mess with them so. And the D and D guys were kind of the you know nerdy guys that you just kind of stayed away from because you know they were weirdos. So I guess the, it, it's inevitable that a that a uh, alliance would form between the two. I, I guess, but my D and D group, there were six of us, uh, two sets of brothers. Uh, both sets of brothers had long hair. They were in they were in uh, heavy metal bands. Everybody played an instrument. Then there was me who had just unkempt hair. It was too long, but not long. Uh, and then our friend Paul, who uh, we called GQ, because 
he oh he shopped out of GQ even uh, even our college days and like oh the, funny yeah the late eighties early nineties so and then my one friend Dave he comes to the house for like I don't know a couple of months you know the, the, you know how that sometimes people drop out for a bit and they come back when he came back he cut his hair my mother who knew all my friends she see she's like you know he comes to the door and she's like who are you he's like it's Estina, it's Dave. She's like, oh my God, you cut your hair. It was, it was so beautiful. Did he go corporate? Was that it? Or he had, had yeah, he job? did. Yeah, listen, my old gaming group, I'm the, uh, I'm the only civil servant. Everybody else, we, we have a, a physical trainer um, who, who does inspections of hospitals worldwide. Uh, we have two that... Uh, are management at Deloitte, uh, one at the vice president at Bank of America, and one we lost to 9-11, but he was a manager at Aon in the, uh, the tower. So I'm, I'm the one who went civil service. Everybody else went corporate. Yeah, I think I might be the failure in my group. I'm not, not that you're the failure in your group, Eric. I'm just saying that. that I ah, dude, I, I'm, I'm the oddball out. I, I don't even know what I did, what my job is. I just do whatever. But I, some of the friends I graduate or I game with, one of them is a very successful surgeon. He has been for many years. And actually, his son's a neurosurgeon. So he, he he's done all right. By, actually, Dr. Joe, if you ever go to the con, Dr. Joe's there sometime. His son appeared. His son was there last year with his uh, girlfriend, and he had, they had a great time. But um, he was the reason we got to play D&D when we were kids because he was straight-laced, straight-A student from uh, Maryland who moved to Texas, and my mom always said, well, if, if you're doing it with Joe, I know it, it has to be wholesome. <laughs> because he was just he was like, you know, he was just the most wholesome dude. So he saved us from having to worry about, you know, that, you know, we were we were Satan worshiping in the back room or something. It was like, oh, well, Joe's there. Joe's he was, you know, Catholic dude, went to private school, and, you know, just yes, sir, yes, ma'am. It was great. So, uh, so yeah, he so we, but yeah, most of the guys I game with have done really well. You know, we have one guy that's a bank. He was a bank president. Actually, he's already retired now, which drives me crazy. He retired when he's fifty. He made so much money, and um, he was he was one of the guys we game with. And uh, another guy's a teacher, professor at a college. Um, gosh, one one guy uh, he's the guy that films operations at Parkland Hospital. Whenever they have an operation, he's the he's the audiovisual director, so he's got a really important job there. So yeah, and then I did do whatever I do sit on the internet, oh, talk, talk to you. So that's, that's, you know, oh, dude, this what is I say? We, we can't all be successful. So, so well, yeah. they keep you out of trouble. I married successful. See, that's, that's, that's the, the key. Well, see, uh, Rachel married into uh, a civil servant pension. So now we're trying to find her part-time employment so I can spend more time with her. Uh, oh, isn't easy. ouch. Yeah. Cause she has one of those occupations where, uh, you, you work to your social security, or or you're dead, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're gonna make a career choice in this world, and you want to be a social worker, uh, think twice. I mean, every social worker I've bumped into, you know, it, it's a calling because of family or friends that they felt really drawn to. But uh, yeah, you know, there's no there's no exit strategy. If it just hit me though, I, I thought it was something really interesting. Um, and this has only happened in the last few years or so. Um, Rachel goes to a lot of conventions with you. I noticed there was a lot of husband wife duos at GaryCon, and there's there's it seems like there's much more 
that I've ever seen at Game Cons because when I was a kid, Game Cons, it was the lone wolf guy. It was just, it was a dude, and you either came by yourself or you came with a bunch of buddies. Um, right. And there was very few girlfriend, wife type things. And at Gary Con, at least, I saw a ton of wives, a ton of couples that, that are, I don't know if they're actually even gaming together, but they were sure going to the con together. Oh, God, yeah. And, 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 and Rach, uh, North Texas last year, I, I you know, I don't think I ran anything at there. James Bond picked up my slots because I went up working the table. I think Rach played in like three or four games. I was like, I played nothing. My wife and she's like, "Oh, I got my, I got my Swords of Three complete book, book." Oh boy. Yeah, she goes, "Yeah, with with the uh, you know with the biblical cover, the burning bush." Uh, Ouch! Oh, that's a good one, man. You got to save that one. You should have just wasted that on this show. That would that's a that's a good. <laughs> The, the burning bush, I love it. The burning, yeah. You know, listen that 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 could be the uh, the new reference to it. We, <laughs> you know, third third print, we went biblical. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, if you find one, it's out of print, so pick it up because we're not reprinting that ever again. So beautiful times, yeah. man. Beautiful we're, times. We're reprinting the Swords of Rizzy rules. We're just not reprinting that that cover anymore. Actually, the Arrow Otis cover will be out of print before you know it too. So, although I don't think our um, our next uh, rules printing will be till next year. I think it got pushed. Out. It was going to be this year. I think it's going to be next year. But yeah, I, th I thought it was really, really interesting because I, I mean, hell, heck, my wife got sucked into a game with um, Skeeter's wife last year, which I thought was ridiculous because she has never, she doesn't, she's made clear her disdain for D and D, and she we played one time, and she said, okay, that's enough, and she yeah. wouldn't play. She wouldn't play with the grandkids. The grandkids beggar. Mimi, come play with us. She's like, no, I don't think so. Don't want to. So, she, so yeah, she, she, she wife got her. Jen got her to play. So that was kind of, kind of an interesting. But, but yeah, there, there's a there's a ton of wives that, that sh either share the hobby or don't mind being seen the game fetches. And honestly, I, I talk about this a lot. But um, one of the big game changers in, in this last generation was um, um, the Big Bang Theory. Just just the fact that yep. it made made nerding. I mean, whether you hate it or like it or hate it it made being a nerd kind of cool. And so a lot of people that normally would never be caught dead there. I know my wife gets asked all the time. It's so funny because she's an engineer and where she's worked, you know, which works at now people are very um, open about, you know, just being nerds or being, you know, saying they play D and D stuff. And she mentions, you know, stuff about me and they just go nuts because um, she was telling one time <laughs> she told one, uh, one person there, she's like, yeah, my, my husband does podcasts and, and stuff on Discord. She's like, Whoa, does he know the critical role people? And my wife's like, hey, <laughs> who's critical role? I was like, yeah, that's way above my pay grade. I yeah, not, yeah. No, I, I'm not critical role. I, she's like, I didn't know who they were. So I just said like, yeah, you know, he does the same thing they do. I was like, no, 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 no. That, <laughs> that, that's something that, um, that I, I can't even aspire to. That's, that's, a, you know, that's big time. Well, wasn't there another TV show that was, uh, did the, uh, well, Stranger Things uh, made it cool, too. Well, yep. Stranger the Things first, first season had the, uh, the guys, the kids playing D&D. &D. Yep. And, um, and yeah, the one you mentioned also, Community, had a couple of D&D &D sets. So it's, it's got more of the mainstream. A lot of what's happened is I think a lot of these writers who play D&D as kids are now working in Hollywood, so they, they throw that in there. But, yeah, it's, it's you know, I, th I think that, um, that kind of not really coolness, I don't know what you call it, but – that that's led a lot of people to say, you know, I think I'll go to a game convention. I wouldn't normally have gone there, but you know, it's not that weird or crazy. It's just, you know, it's something 
different, but it's it's kind of TV has made it kind of cool. Yeah, no, certainly, and I'm I'm happy for that. And this is when D and D had its first popularity. It like people were playing it, but it was like the like you said, like it was like the nerd generation wasn't necessarily. Uh, it was popular, uh, but it wasn't cool. Now, yeah, yeah it, it, cool. it was like I think 84, 83, 84 when it was out selling Monopoly, which is crazy if you think about it. Um, yeah, that, that was when everybody was buying it, and I think you had a lot of people buying it that didn't really know what it was, they just knew it was popular and hot. Because I remember at that point, a lot of people were playing it that would play it once or twice and never play it again, you know, right? But I mean, like back, back around that time, you know, if we got a, a full group together, I could have. 15 people in my basement. I mean, it was amazing. You didn't want to run a group that large necessarily. And and if we played in the basement, which we did, we had a group that large. Uh, the side effect was that uh, my my cat at the time was going a little senile. And since we had an oil burner, there was some sand on the floor. Uh, so she thought it was a giant. Oh, boy. Yeah, so you come down there and, and it'd be like, in the middle of the game, it's like, oh, who let one go? It's like, no, no, no. The, the cat has shit underneath. Oh, seat. nice. That's yeah. That's always great. Yeah. It's like, oh. <laughs> God, I don't know if I'd have come to your house to game if that would have been one of the features. Yeah, that's what we played in the my, backyard in the summer. My, my mom would bake us pizza, and apparently you would go there, and your cat would crap on the, the floor. So. Well, no, no, no. Well, listen. When we played upstairs in the dining room, my my parents had to like, uh, I, like replace the dining room chairs because I. So one of our one of the guys in our group was was larger, and 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 would rock a lot when he when he got excited. He was fat. So okay. these, so yeah. So the so the wooden chairs were just like the glue with undo and like twice during gaming sessions, like just one chair just kind of like split open and just kind of like slowly went down. The oh my god! <laughs> and that happened to my mother's cousin once when she visited. She had one of the bad chairs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so what did we miss? In the what else we need to talk about? Oh, sorry, we got dude, I, I, I don't ten know, more man. minutes. I think... Ten more minutes. Let's uh, let's cover what other subject we have. Uh, uh, bunny, bunnies and burrow. Now, what's what's hot? Well, it... what's hot? What's not? What's what's in the? You you talk, Oh oh, I know what I was going to say. Um, what? you were just you were joking and say, hey, let's check out what's what's hot on in world. And so oh, yeah. I, and so I went ahead. Okay, let me check in world. And I just noticed that there was a story that F. Wesley Schneider. Is D and D's new editor, and he worked at Paizo from like 2003 to 2017. He was one of the big, big movers and shakers in, in Pathfinder. And this, this is kind of a a, a trend or pattern. Uh, Paizo has lost quite a few people to Watsi in the last couple of years. Well, he left in 2017, and now I'm just gonna talk out of my ass. Um, this is just a rumor I heard at one of the conventions I was at, which happened to be back in 2017, that Paizo was having uh cash flow issues and there was some movement going on because i guess uh you know, they didn't know some people didn't know where paisa was going so I'm, he left at that time period the time period is right for when he left this is you know uh i guess before starfinder launched and became a, a, a temporary La ca cash cow yeah launched and crashed uh but oh but they're putting out a beginner box man they're gonna it's the best thing that pathfinder ever put out Oh, was their uh, beginner box? So now it's going to be a beginner box for Starfinder. So yeah, well, good they, luck with if, that. If, good luck with that, well, Paizo. Well, time out. If they stuff it like they did the Pathfinder box and they price it similarly, uh, I, I would say, listen, if you just want, uh, you know, 
pogs for uh, instead of using miniatures at your at your game for science fiction game. Uh, brave it's, it, but Eric. It's not a good game. I hate to say. Oh, I know. Nobody I know likes it. Nobody I know likes the game. Mike, Mike, I'm not saying buy it for the game. I'm saying buy it for the accessories. Oh yeah, because I, 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 I found some Pathfinder beginner sets and half price books. I bought them for the minis because they were cheap enough. Yes, and that's what I'm saying. You know, even at full price, it was worth it for that. And that's and I actually, the beginner box is the is the one product from Pathfinder that actually, I was able to read and go, oh, you know what? I could actually run this. Holy shit! Like, so, I mean, it, so we have so we have this talent. So I mean, we have a lot of people that have left pies on last. And this is all tied into what's going to happen with second edition. And actually, I, I was uh, awake one night in the law or one night at GearCon in the lobby, and Jason Bowman was holding court and explaining the difference between what pa Pathfinder and the new Pathfinder. And and he said something really interesting. I thought, which was that they're that, that they okay. So let me try to say this exactly. I don't want to misquote him, but he said that basically one of the problems they were having with Pathfinder is there's so many options. And he was explaining how convoluted combat is and how you know you have to check so many things and it just slows down to a crawl. When when combat should be the most exciting thing that happens at the table and it should be boom, boom, boom. And so he said instead, you know, he would watch games and it would just grind down and everybody had all these different options. Every every step of combat, you had 15 different things you do. So what he said is they're going to they change it to where you can do only three things. You do this, you can do this, this or this. And that's all you can do during combat. And so that's going to save the game because it's going to make it a lot faster. OK. And so, I, I mean, I you know, and I don't know because, you know, we were there last year, not this year, but last year when they debuted Pathfinder 2.0 at Gary Con, and it, the reception was mixed to say the least. It was, you know, you always have your 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 people that are just super fans that are going to hate it no matter what, and they did. They hated it. And then you had some people that said they liked it, and and we, and here we are, you know, a year later, and we don't really necessarily know a lot more than we knew then. So, uh, what's your opinion? What do you think is going to happen with 2.0? I, I think you're going to lose the. <sighs> I, I think what's going to happen is that the 1.0 1 1.0 players aren't going to move on, a lot of them, and the 2.0 players are going to go well. Uh, if we really wanted to play something like this, we would just play 5e. And that's the complaint we heard from a lot of people last year at GaryCon was that if I wanted to play 5e, I'd just play 5e because if what Jason Bowman said is true, they just they I don't want to say dumbed it down, they just made it simpler. You know, that they, they took away a lot of the options that Pathfinder, you know, people that play Pathfinder, they like all that fiddly stuff. They love yeah. having the 15 options to do this or that or be able to customize their character. And so I, I don't know, like you said, I don't know if this is going to bring in new people that are scared of playing Pathfinder. Because there, there's a lot of people that won't play Pathfinder because they know sitting down to create a character is going to take two hours. Or, you know, or at least, right. I, I mean, that's exaggeration, but at least 30 minutes, you know, to create your character. Uh, maybe they feel it's going to bring in that player, but I'm I'm very interested in seeing how what's what's going to happen this uh, summer. Yeah, I am. I'm interested in seeing it. I'm not going to be a part of it. You know, listen, when Pathfinder One released, I hell I subscribed to the Pathfinder release because it was quality stuff, and I was never using any of it, but it was kind of fun to read, especially the setting material and the adventure paths. But I don't run adventure paths because that's on Rails. But they were they're good. They were fun to read to see where the story was going. But then I realized if I wanted to read like that, I should just buy a book. Yeah, they, I mean, Adventure Pass. I mean, that that's a great. That was a genius idea for them because that's the kind of thing you want to do. And I, I think they they have some really good Adventure Pass. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they've done how many of those now? They're up to you know, a hundred and something. So, I mean, that is getting old, that is kind of getting old now. And you're right, it is a it is an adventure kind of on the rails. You're you know, you're not going to be able to do a lot of sandboxy stuff. Although, the, the one sandbox one they had, which I think was Kingmaker, is probably the most popular one they ever did. And that's that's the most sandboxy of all the uh, adventure paths, if I remember correctly, right? So, but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm really interested. In, I, I'm just very interested in seeing because. This is one of those things I just don't know. Usually, I mean, I hate to say that I'm a prognosticator, but I, you know, I've been right on some stuff, right? I, I throw no, some you stuff have, out there, dude, dude. but, but I, th this is one I, I'm, I'm honestly, I, I'm just, I don't know. It could go either way. It could be an absolute flop. It could be an absolute smash hit. It could be somewhere in between. I, I just have no feel for this. Here's the thing: they need a smash hit because um, Starfinder wasn't it, and they lost enough money on the Starfinder books that were falling apart that. Um, they need something oh, out, of the, out of the box that's going to be a, a huge hit. And uh, this reboot, we'll, we'll see what happens. And the other problem with, remember, it's all OGL, so it doesn't mean that Pathfinder 1 ever goes away. So they're going to have their own uh, very popular edition as their own competition. Oh, sure. And you're, you're going to see at conventions, you know, this game, is it Pathfinder 1 or Pathfinder 2? You know, and you're going to have yeah. people that are, that are not going to want to play Pathfinder 2. I'm playing in the Pathfinder 1 game. You know, and vice versa. You're gonna have some people say, "Well, I want to try the new stuff." But yeah, I think I think that's definitely something to look at. Is it that there were, and then we and we, we you and I have lived long enough to see all the schisms. We saw the one e two e schism. Yeah. We, we saw the one e two e slash three e schism. You know, then there was the four e schism. You know, which really well, was a well. Here, here's the thing with four e. If you, do you ever see four e being offered at a convention? I have never seen a four e game at a convention ever. I, I mean, so, we, were, we were talking about that during GaryCon. I have never once seen it. That doesn't mean it's a bad game. It just means it's it was not that popular because nobody wants to run it at a con. Right, they, so, they, they'd, they'd rather run other editions at a con. Than that, and that's play. the reason why 5e was the best that it was. Because whereas 4e stepped away from a popular game to get away from the OGL, because uh, that was the reason why they stepped away from it, um, and changed it enough that you know, the game system license or whatever um 40 was never embraced like third edition had and then when 5e came out everybody jumped ship not art the vast majority jumped ship there's still a lot of 40 players out there people that enjoy the game god bless them but it's not a traditional dungeons and dragons game as people were used to and i think that's we, why we, that change was so huge and why 5e was so popular we need to get john peterson to do a investigative study on what they were thinking with 4e because <laughs> that'd be the guy to get in there and do it because it, it was I, I think it was going to be their world of warcraft try to get to the world of warcraft people because I mean, it was very it was very much a war game slash well he, 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 he such an oddball it was such an odd duck it really it was just well, so weird they they thought that they were going to make their money on microtransactions on the virtual tabletop that never came to be, which I got to do. A, I should go back and, and we should actually do an episode on that, do a little research. Because remember, that was the uh, programmer that I think killed his spouse. That's why. That yeah, well, that was the because well, uh, I remember I was at the Gen Con where they announced 4E and uh, I think it was 2008 or eight or nine. I can't remember. And they were going to have this huge thing. It was going to be this huge online thing that never happened. That was well, that was like I, the I, whole thing that they talked about. I, the I, I, think I, I think they had like a live beta. Where you could play with the uh, interface a bit. It never really worked that great. But they wanted you to buy minis and stuff, miniatures, 
you know, virtual miniatures. And yeah, it never happened because there was a the software issue was well, you know, the the guy doing the software went to jail for killing his spouse. Oh, I, I was that, right. It was two thousand. It was two thousand eight, and that was the year I was at Gen Con. Yeah, that, that's what they. Meant. All right. Yeah. So that, that that might that might be a fun episode. Of talk some yeah, shit. Yeah, we need to get John Peterson out here to talk about because I'm I'm just kidding. John Peterson's awesome. He would he he has more important things to do than talk about the history and, of Forey. Forey, Forey. He wouldn't he wouldn't touch Forey. With your player's handbook. Yeah, by, right. by the way, uh, John Peterson's special guest at NTRPG Con this year. Hello. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, he was coming. Well, we, we did the cheap thing. He was coming anyway, so guess who gets to be made special guest? Boom. Oh, well, you're coming anyway. Here, we'll, we'll feed you. There you go. Here you go, John Peterson. You're you're um, one of the most important people in the hobby. You're coming to our con. You're a special guest now. Yay. Awesome. I think we've hit the uh, hit the post, man. I think it's time for us to call it a night. Yeah, we could do this like for hours, which is so awesome. That's why this which is, is gonna be which a is break. which is damn scary. And I mean, if we did that, we have to like actually, I'd have to edit the episodes down to like oh, hour long sessions. But uh, folks, we're up for suggestions. We're going, we're working with uh, uh, I, what was it? Uh, Talking crit. I think we're going to go along with Talking crit. I love but, it. Uh, Thank you, Carl. That's but, uh, awesome. Yes, so uh, we really do appreciate that. But that being said, if you have features that you want to talk about, if you have stuff that you want us to talk about, you can leave a voicemail using the Anchor app, or you can uh, send us an email. Easiest way right now will be tankarstavern.com, and just put talking crit into the subject and tell us uh, something you might want us to talk shit about. We're we're, fair, we're fairly unfiltered, so if you give us a subject, we'll give your honest opinion on it, and we could probably riff on pretty much almost anything in gaming for at least you know ten fifteen minutes. So yeah, we're 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 skilled like that. We're professionals. Don't try us. No, we're actually we're just old, so we know a lot of stuff. <laughs> that too. Ah, uh, Mike, this is good, man. I'm glad we did this. All right, man. Yeah, it's awesome. I, All I right, folks. Dinner, though. This is dinner time, man. I'm, yeah, I'm, it I'm, is. Uh, same here. I gotta pick get up the train shortly. But uh, yeah. folks. We'll do this on a weekly, right? We're doing this. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. It may not be always be the same time, but uh, we'll we'll figure right. out a good time for both yeah, of us. We'll, and... You know, time is variable, but uh, probably uh, we can <laughs> even do it at conventions because we pretty much do most of the conventions but, together. The Discord is too successful, and we looked at every single night is taken up with a talk show. This is ridiculous. So shut, and shut if, the Discord down. It's crazy. And and if you guys really like this, if you guys and gals really enjoy what we're doing. We'll, we'll we'll split this off and make it its own weekly show. It's its own like you know feed and all that stuff. So and I'll do and I'll do it. Pant, I'll do it pantless. I'm already doing it pantless, man. So we. Oh, we, you're what you're so far ahead of the curve, guys. Uh, dude, dude, that's 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 why it's a podcast and not a YouTube. All right, thanks, Eric, and thanks <laughs> Thank to everybody you. listening. We we will uh, um, uh, be back uh, whenever we were back. Yep, folks. As always, God bless and uh, later, later. Thank you.